St. John's Nation, thank you for once again tuning in to listen to Pastor Michael H. L. Robinson Sr. bring the word that God has given him. But before we get to Pastor Michael H. L. Robinson, you're going to hear a selection by a special young lady, Miss Araya. Each time I see her, I ask for an autograph because I know she's going to do big things in the future. So, without any further ado, here is Miss Araya and my sister, Angel Robinson. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And like always, be blessed. God, grace and the mighty, I'm strong to say we stand before you now, Lord God, blessing and praising your holy and your righteous name. God, we thank you for this day, God, that you have allowed us to see. We pray, God, that as we go about this day, that you, God, would be with us. God, strengthen our hearts and our minds towards you. And Lord God, we've assembled ourselves in this place as you've so commanded us to do, Father God. Now we ask God that you would just meet us here, Father. Oh, Lord God, meet us, oh, Lord God, as we walk in the door, as we sit, as we sing, God, as we hear and we preach your word, God. We pray, God, you would prick our hearts today. And God, if there's anyone amongst us, God, even in the sanctuary on Facebook, oh, Lord God, on our podcast, oh, Lord God, YouTube, or wherever this word goes, God, I pray that God, when they hear your word, God, that it would give their hearts, their minds, their lives over to you, God. And Lord God, we're asking God that you just save them, deliver them, God, and set them free today, God. Oh, Lord God, we tell you, thank you, Lord. And even now, God, we commend these services into thine hand. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Bless you. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Like the songwriters say that God can do all things but fail. Amen. Amen. I have a privilege of ministering this song this morning with Miss Araya. I hope that you guys receive the message that we're trying to minister on this morning. Amen.
But you created me to worship daily, so I'm gonna leave it all right here. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord. I will put my God, once again, for that, God, we thank you for the voice of Uriah, for Sister Angel, amen, for Dewan and Mike, Father, bless them and keep them, God, amen, amen, certainly we greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and it's certainly good to see everybody this morning, um, certainly thank God for our deacons, amen, our mothers, all of our ushers, amen, um, deaconess Sheila, amen, all of our deaconess, amen, um, certainly our AV staff, amen, the entire body of Christ, amen, who are here, Amen. Um, certainly to my wife, Sister Angel, we thank God um, for you. Amen. But that right there, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even tip it, Mike. Amen. Amen, somebody. Amen. If y'all don't mind, let us go to the Word of God. Amen. We're going to find ourselves over in, uh, I think that's 1 Corinthians. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Y'all go with me very quickly there. Go ahead and stand to your feet, and they will have it up for you. We'll begin at verse 53. Verse 53, the word of the Lord says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immorality, immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father God, we ask even now that you would speak from heaven to us, God. Speak, God, and touch our hearts this morning, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Move me, God. Allow your spirit to speak, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. 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 If we notice the scripture um, that that we we read, Paul hits on some very good points. Usher, we thank you this morning for your service. Amen. Um, but as we notice in the opening of that chapter, First Corinthians 15, we ask that at your leisure, you go back and read it. Um, we find that Paul is doing nothing more than preaching the gospel. Amen. He's telling them um, how Christ died for their sins, according to the scriptures. Amen. Christ died for our sins. Amen. That's what preaching is. It's not how to get riches. Amen. It's not how to get fame. Amen. It's not how to get over. 
Amen. It's not how to get through. It is preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the next time you find yourself trying to argue and debate someone about the scripture, just take him back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. And some folk, amen, who don't know the Lord, who's not trying to know the Lord, they'll ask you how you know this. And some of us, amen, we will try to delve deep and give an explanation of how we know it. How do we know? We know Christ lives inside of us. That's nothing we can show up by except by treating folk right. But we know it because here's what the scripture says. Paul reminds us, amen, that the scripture, amen, it is written by inspired men. It got men who were inspired by the Holy Ghost to, to write the word, amen, deliver the word unto us, amen. But we find here in the scripture that Paul is talking and teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ, him crucified, and, oh, by the way, about him coming back again. He tells us, amen, that we need to have our mind situated on Christ. But now, if you notice, amen, oftentimes when you see Paul preaching and teaching, amen, he goes into the temple and preaches the word. Yeah. Amen. Notice, amen, Christ, amen, he had times when he would preach and he would talk to folk in generality, amen. He, he's talked to them, amen, in parables about things. But when he got with his disciples, amen, he explained to them exactly what that word meant, amen. So Paul was talking to some believers, amen, about how they need to live, amen, how they need to live holy, amen, how they need to lift up Jesus Christ, amen. He was teaching them this here, amen. And then he started talking to them, amen, about the thing that separates us from God, and that is sin. So, so he lets us know that is the very thing that's keeping us from God is sin. Amen. Amen. Not just sin, but the fact that we will not let the sin go and grab a hold of Jesus Christ. We're getting caught up in the world and everything else. Why? Because in, in some points, I mean, people told us a long time ago, when you get to a certain point in age, DK, amen, you have a, a midlife. But Richard, some we find Things that used to happen to older folk is happening to the younger folk now. Take a look at sickness, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart attacks, amen, strokes. That was an older person thing, but it's happening to young folk. So nowadays, amen, when we find um, a midlife crisis were to come on at the middle of your life, amen, we find with young folk and in general, everybody, we say we have an identity crisis. And see, I believe uh, we find that same thing happening even in the church. But Paul is letting us know how not to get caught up in an identity crisis by keeping our mind focused on Christ. Yeah. Amen. Find ourselves, amen, being who we are supposed to be. Yeah. What am I saying? I mean, as Paul talks to the believers, amen, he's letting them know, amen, you need to remain true to who you are. Yeah. What do you mean? See, if we keep our mind in the word of God and off of the TV and off of YouTube, off of TikTok, amen, off of Facebook all the time, you won't have that crisis. See, the reason so many folk leave the church, amen, go to the world because they look and they say, oh, if I become a, a YouTuber, I'll get rich. If I start singing, amen, secular music, I will get rich. I have fame. I have notoriety. My mom and daddy ain't tell me, amen, how good I am. But the world is telling me that. Why? Because people are no longer being true to who they are. And I'm talking to the believers right now. Many of us, amen, we're forsaking God for everything else. Because we've forgotten who we belong to. 
I don't mean to get excited in the morning, but we've forgotten, amen, that we belong to God. We're not our own. But you ain't making me feel good, so I need to find somebody who's going to make me feel good. The devil will tell you all day long that you look good, you are good, and you're going to be all right. Meanwhile, he's strategizing, amen, how to get you tangled up and tied up even more so you forget who you are. Church, Paul lets us know that we need to be true to who we are. Look at verse 58, if you will. Verse 58, Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding where? In the work of the Lord. Not the work of the world. He said, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now notice, here's what happens with us as people and even as believers, because when you become a believer, you don't get an S on your chest and you can avoid all of the kryptonite. I mean, you can avoid all the bullets. You can absorb these. You can jump over buildings. You can run faster than a speeding train. None of that's true. He lets us know, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But as long as you're doing everything else, it's all in vain. Notice what Solomon says about us folk who are building up the 401ks and, uh, and all these other things, uh, CDs and uh, investments, our portfolios are perfect according to the financial analysts. We got it all going on. We're ready to live good at retirement if you get there. They don't tell you that part if you get there. But notice what, what Solomon says, uh, him being a wise man, the wisest one short of Christ, whoever lived, amen. He said, we lay up all of this stuff for somebody else. See, many of you, amen, and I hope all of y'all have some kind of will in place that's written so, amen, folk don't do what they want to do with your stuff when you leave. But even so, when you start giving yourself to all of these, for we know the word says, amen, that the righteous, amen, they leave an inheritance for their children's children, and we should be trying to do that, amen. But what you think they're going to do with what you give them is not what they're going to do with it. That don't make sense, do it. Go ahead and look at a lot of this land, amen. These, our forefathers, they worked for and they slaved, and they left, and then focus fighting about it. 50 acres of land over here, 100 acres of land over here. I ain't paying taxes. I ain't doing this here. And as a result, I mean, it goes to somebody else. I'm talking to somebody this morning. You're living in a house, amen, that your mama worked for, amen. You didn't work, amen, while your mama was living, amen. So she leave you the house, and now you don't want to pay taxes. And the man come and take your house from you. That happens every day. I ain't making it up. Go up to Woodbine, amen. They got a list of your stuff, amen. They're getting ready to sell because you don't want to do right with it. And you ain't even work for it. But Paul says, amen, that you must remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, you would do that if you're remaining true to who you are. If you know you're a born again believer, amen, and you're going to live for God. Notice, 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 if you will, what happens here. Amen. We know that in order for that to happen, you must know who you are. I told you, amen, many folk, we have identity crisis. How do you know you have one? You're stressed out. You're ready to quit. Give up on everything. 
preacher, I'm tired. I'm just sick and tired. I can't get out to bed in the morning. I can't function on my job. And this is just a secular part. And when you transition over to the church, I can no longer hear God talk to me. Amen. I, I can't feel the anointing anymore, preacher. I just don't know if God is still with me. Amen. That's when you start having an identity Christ, amen, and you don't know who you are. Because if you know that you belong to the Lord, amen, and you study the word, amen, and you're remaining unmoved, amen, you will realize, amen, even David with the anointing on him, amen, he ran, amen, he ran from his enemy, amen, but the whole time God stayed with him, God took care of him, amen. David knew that he belonged to the Lord. Church, you got to know who you are. Notice 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. In one verse, amen, it says the old life is gone and the new life has begun. That means, amen, the sinner that you was, amen, that's gone away. Amen. So when the enemy comes in and starts trying to remind you, amen, of all your misdeeds, amen, all the place you went, the things you did, amen. Oh, and he's going to remind you over and over and over again how you slept with this one, how you stole that one, how you stole time on the clock. I mean, he's going to remind you of all these things. And all of a sudden, you forget that you've been saved by the grace of God. You forget, amen, that Jesus Christ, amen, he died, amen, that he can bridge that gulf, he can fill that gap, amen, that separation, amen, between you and God. You forget that, and therefore, you forget who you are. That's why so many of our children are acting a fool. Because they have forgotten, amen, the word that we've taught them. And we have become so inundated with the world that we let them do what they want to do. Because we're afraid of the world. But we belong to God. Amen. We're afraid to tell them that what you're doing is wrong, child. I love you, but it's wrong. But daddy, son, I can't do nothing but tell you what the word says. Getting mad at me, cuss me, act a fool, amen. But the word says, you, my son, belong to God. Tell your child that the next time they act a fool. Don't give them, amen, all this worldly wisdom and not give them the word, amen. Paul said, amen, one plant, one water, but God gives the increase. But if you don't plant that seed, you don't give that word, it cannot grow. So if you don't know who you are, how are you going to lead your child to God? If you're scared of the world, what do you think your child's going to be? If you're teaching your child the world, your child will do worldly things. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. You can teach them everything you want to. And they still may go astray. But the word says when they're old. When they're old, you might not see it. Daddy might not see it. But one day, I mean, they're going to come back and give their life to God. Notice, God made Abraham a promise. God made a covenant and an agreement with Abraham. He told them that he was going to take care of his seed, of his heirs, and he was going to give them a land. He was going to take them to a land. But guess what? Before he took them to that land, he allowed them to go into bondage, and they forgot who they belonged to. 
But even though Abraham didn't see what God had promised, he can see it in the vision. He can taste it. Amen. But Abraham never went. Amen. Even though church, you don't see that product growing in your child, in your family, in your relationship. Amen. You don't see it moving. Amen. But you got to believe God when he said it will come to pass. He told the children, you stand still. And you see the salvation of God. But the only way you can do that, man, you've got to know who you are. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the king. And oh, by the way, I can do all things through Christ who gives me my strength. Amen. See, I can't do it on my own. That's why we give up. That's why church of the empty. Amen. Folk have gotten tired of trying to do it themselves. They should have trusted God from the very beginning. If you didn't trust from the beginning, at some point you should have realized, amen, dig how you got, amen, I trusted the Lord, amen, and followed that same identical roadmap. But when the enemy tries to remind you of who you were, let him know, that's not me. I know, reality church, I know who I was. I know whom I belonged in the past, but I know who I am now. You've got to know who you are in Christ. See, folk can't treat me any kind of way. They can cuss. I keep something for cussing. And cussing don't bother me. My granddaddy made up cuss words. He made them up. Or even though you come up around certain things, and once again, y'all stop faking it like you ain't had no problems in your family. You know where you come from, but know who you are now. The enemy will remind you of who you were. He would never, ever remind you who you are in God. And he knows that you belong to God. That's why he's trying so hard to get you. See, he knows amen, what heaven looks like. He's been there. He got kicked out. He got kicked out. So he don't want you in that place of peace, that place in the presence of God. Amen. That place, you know how it is now, when you really find yourself worshiping and praising God, amen, just get kind of caught up and consumed, amen, and you just just feeling all good, amen. All of the things that have been messed with you, they're going out your mind because your mind is just set on the Lord, amen, and the Spirit of God is falling down into place, amen, and all of a sudden everything is just gone. That's the way I believe heaven is going to be. We'll be around the throne of God, amen, worshiping and praising in the name of the Lord. But when you know who you are, an enemy reminds you of who you were. And we don't resist. And as a result, we ease on over there with him. And see, the closer we get to him, the safer we feel not because we're better, but because the attacks stop. If you join the other army, if you go to the other side, they're not going to attack you unless you don't do what they want you to do. As long as you stay in line, you're okay. But you've got to resist. Notice what Ephesians 6 and 13 says. This is how we do this. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil 
day and having done all to stand. And then Paul puts a period right there. You and I must first realize that the enemy will attack us. We believe that if we do good, Pam, if we get it all right, if we treat everybody right, amen, we take care of our kids, amen, we do right by the church, amen, the enemy ain't going to bother me. Flip that script. When you're doing right by everybody, Tanya, when you're doing right by the church, when you're giving up your tithes and your offering and your time and your talent, amen, that's when the enemy comes in. Because they realize, amen, that you're moving away from him and you're moving closer to God. You're becoming more of what God would have you to be. So you must resist his attacks. So Paul says, amen, one, take on the whole arm of God. Don't y'all fall down on that trick of the enemy. To be, oh, I got some of my armor. No, when you become a born again believer, you have the whole army of God. You military folk, when you went to basic training, they gave you a sea bag. They gave you everything you needed. There's not a time that they would send you out to do a job and you were not equipped. I was talking to a young Marine who had been overseas and he said every time they would get ready to go out on a, on a mission, on an assignment, they would equip them and depending on where they were going, how long it was going to be there and how intense the battle would be, they'd give them, like, say, more stuff, more bullets, more food, more this. And see, here's, here's what would happen. He said, some of those Marines, amen, they, they get lazy. Well, I can't carry all of this armament. I don't need all these bullets. So they lay them down. They'll leave them. And then the smart ones say, wow, if they gave me this much, I know it's going to be bad. So that what you're laying down, I'm going to take that up too. See, that's where we are as believers in God. I mean, every now and then, God will equip us with the whole armor of God. And we sit back and say, oh, ah, my faith is not there. The word is not there with me. No, God has equipped you with it. And maybe you like that Marine have laid down some of it. See, some of us believe, amen, that we can lay down our religion, but you really can't. Because if you got God inside of you, you can't take him out of you, amen. When God saves you, you're saved, amen. You may choose to go to the other side and do foolishness, amen. And you're going to pay for that, amen. But God has equipped you with everything you need. But Paul says now, one, we got to have the armor. Two, once we have the armor, you must withstand. No, 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 no. He didn't say stand up. He said you must withstand. So what that implies is withstanding, amen, that the enemy is going to attack you. So you must stand there and just bear the brunt of the enemy's attack. All the while, amen, you're still moving forward. Withstand. Amen. That means attacks are coming and you're just going to take them, amen. You're going to just handle those fiery darts of the enemy, amen. You're going to handle those stressful attacks, those word attacks, amen. You're going to handle all of those things. Withstand. What am I saying? You will be persecuted for his name's sake. It says resist the attack. That means don't give in to the tricks of the enemy. 
taking your whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and haven't done all to stand. In other words, he said, now, after you have been attacked and you've resisted enemy, you stand there. You stand in your faith. You stand in the word. You stand in your belief in God, knowing that this, however slow, you're going to make progress in your relationship with God. Your faith will grow and you'll get closer to God. And after a while, I mean, the enemy got to try to change things up, amen, because now spiritually you can see that the enemy is about to attack you and now you're really guarded and ready to go. Resist the attacks, church. Don't do like most who don't realize who they are and when the attacks come, they go back to where they came from. That's not always safe waters. That's dangerous, dangerous water. But we've got to be true to who we are. Now, as the attacks come, you cannot stand in your name, your name, your name, your name, your name, your name, your name. Our names don't matter. It, it just don't, don't matter. It does not matter. You've got to stand in and for the name of the Lord. That's why so many Christians get their feelings hurt. I've been on the battlefield so long and they treat me like this. Oh, I did this for the church and they wouldn't do this for me. Oh, I helped so-and-so out the other day and they won't help me. You're standing for yourself. You're standing in your name and not the name of Jehovah against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Y'all know the story. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What says my Lord unto his servant? This young man who had his sword drawn, he did not choose to be on the good side nor the bad side. To get on one side or the other side and get on board with God. Amen. All the other things are going down. Stand for God. It would have been very easy. And sometimes we do it. It would have been very easy for them to realize, wait a minute, Joshua is God's man. God is about to do something with Joshua and the people. I'm going to get on that side. See, that's how we strategize. We analyze. And then we'll jump on sides that we think is going to be the winning team. I ain't going to hit you, Javon. I almost got you with that one. We will jump to the side that we think will when this man didn't do it why because he was standing there in the name of the Lord notice David as young as he was when he went out or in first Samuel 70 he went out to fight actually just want to observe he got to fight and he got there and David knew who he was he knew he was God's man. He knew that he believed in God. So he went out there, man, and the battle was hot. I mean, it was real brutal. And the Philistine Goliath came at him, spewing word of what he's going to do to him. 
And David said, wait a minute, you come at me with swords, with spears, and with shields? You coming at me with worldly things? I come at you in the name of the Lord. David could stand in the name of God because David knew who he was. David knew who he belonged to. And David knew that God would fight the battle. You and I, when it seems like the whole world is standing against you, know that you and God, that's the majority. You and God equals victory every single time. David, if he would have looked up and saw that big guy, he would have got scared and ran, but he knew who he belonged to. David ain't even saying nothing about his brothers. He ain't even saying nothing about King Saul. David stood for God. Church, wherever God has you, amen, you must stand for God. If you want the victory, remember who you are and who you belong to. What am I saying, church? Stand for the Lord. Stand for God, not for you. Your feelings get hurt when you stand for you. You get embarrassed when you stand in the name of companies, institutions, Black lives matter, blue lives matter, white lives matter, green lives matter. But we stand in these things, you will lose. There's motives behind every single one of them. And the motives are not God. We go out, we protest, we complain, we fight for all of these things, for rights. But ain't nobody fighting, amen, to stay in the church. Ain't nobody fighting, amen, to stand up for God. Ain't nobody fighting, amen, to give a word. The only way you're going to do that is you must be true to who you are. There's pressures in this world, and they're mounting more and more. These pressures are designed to get us out of our character, get us to be shaped into the image of this world. If you belong to God, you're a new creature. You're not the way you were. If you belong to God, church, you need to act like you belong to God. If you belong to God, let God fight the battle. Y'all stop fighting. Those of you who cuss, say, Lord, deliver my tongue. Lord, clean my heart. Let me turn it over to you. It's not your battle. But many of us, we have the pressure that we should come to every single day. The biggest place on our jobs, biggest place in schools. Why these kids, you know, the ones who just don't want to conform to the bullies, they find themselves taking guns and knives to school trying to defend themselves. Teach your children. You're going to go through some stuff, child. Yeah, come home and tell me about it. No, I ain't going to go to school and cuss these folk out. I'm going to go out there and stand up for you in the name of the Lord. But don't teach them to fight these battles themselves. Those in our age group, we weren't taught that. They push, you better push them harder. They hit you, you better hit them and knock them down. Amen, somebody. That ain't it. When you know better, you do better. But church, you must be true to who you are. There's no God police running around checking to make sure that you do right. Nobody. You can walk out of here and go and do whatever you want to do, 
and chance good, nobody's going to say anything to you. They're not. They're not going to say anything. Many folk, we've seen them, they're doing things they should not do. Then when you come by, they slide their wrong to the side and smile at you. We're not the God police. As I told you last week, when Paul went into town, he ain't preach that day, God bless you. Amen. But church, remain true to who you are. If you say you're a child of God, act like it. Live like it. Talk like it. Walk like it. Teach your children the same identical thing. But in order to do so, you must know who you are. And you must resist the attacks of the enemy. And above all, you must stand for the Lord. God bless you and God keep you. Father God, we do bless you now. We praise you, God. And we ask even now that you, God, would just continue to touch our hearts, our minds, and lead us and guide us, God. Help us, O Lord God, to know that the only way we can do these things is in and through your son, Jesus Christ, who came down and died for our sins, that we have a right to life with you, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. St. John's Nation, I hope you enjoy listening to Pastor Michael H. L. Robinson Sr. bring the word that God has given him. If you'd like to see Pastor live, you can visit our church at 715 Winding Road, Kingsland, Georgia. Or watch him on Facebook Live at SJNBC Kingsland. You can also follow Pastor on Instagram and Twitter at SJNBC Kingsland. If you like our ministry and you would like to donate, you can go to our website at www.sjnbckingsland.org or you can give on Giveify at St. John's Missionary Baptist Church Kingsland. I hope you have a blessed day and like always, always be blessed.